Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, this is our Give It The Beans first. We have our first ever round table. Uh, my two teammates at Complete Strength, uh, we have Corey and Jace. How are we doing, guys? Let's hear from you first, Jace. Yeah, very well. Uh, very well. Dieting, but still alive. Excited to get on the podcast. You know, in lockdown, I got on quite a lot because everyone was at home. So it's actually the first podcast in about probably eight or nine weeks. So I'm excited to get onto it. Super, my man. And yourself, Corey, how are you doing today? A hell of a lot better than Jace, by the signs of it. We know that he's not on a lot of carbohydrates, but you know what, uh, Jace, you are looking shit hot. But listen, massive, massive pleasure to have you guys both on. Um, what I thought would be a good idea to do is that there's maybe some listeners that are new to the game that don't know much about it. You guys have been around for a long time and are a big inspiration to young men out there in regards to sort of gaining tissue. But what I'd love to do is just for you to introduce yourself, you know, talk about your career within bodybuilding, your achievements to date, and, and go from there. So if we can kick off with, let's go with Corey first, since I asked Jace in the last time to kick off, um, and then we'll just get to Jace. A little bit of a brief intro, who you are, what you do, and what you're all about. It's Lee Raw, reporting for duty. Um, I have been in this game for nowhere near long enough yet. Um, I started competing five four or five years ago um started off as a muscle model so i was a lot better looking then um as as but as bodybuilding does take its toll as you can see by looking at uh i don't know which one i'm going to pick to abuse because i know i'm going to be getting it back but it takes, its, it takes its toll on the body and soul and definitely the fucking face um so yeah i um in terms of sort of career wins I, su I suppose last year was my first year as a competitive uh, bodybuilder as a junior uh, I won two overalls um, and I actually competed in the amateur Olympia Spain last year as well and uh, and really got educated in terms of what bodybuilding is about okay. so um, taking the next five years off um, to grow a little bit and then I'll be going back to the uh, back to the bodybuilding when I'm, uh, when I'm a couple of <laughs> Super, my man. Um, I think you and Jace as well, you're both very humble guys uh, in regards to how, how good you guys look and the progress that you've made um, in the time frame that you have been doing doing the do, as they say. Um, but Jace, give the, give the listeners a little idea about who you are, what you're all about, your career within bodybuilding today. So I'm Jace and I've actually been in the industry the same amount of time as Corey because we actually started became friends pretty much before his first comp so we pretty much started out at the same time um and i actually prepped for muscle model as well but uh, i didn't get on stage in the end i chose opted not I, I couldn't make weight so uh i was hoping to but i couldn't make weight it was like a few years ago it was like that was like more fashionable back then you know no classic physique like wearing board shorts was still quite fashionable no not board shorts um short shorts was still quite fashionable so didn't do then uh moved into the straight into bodybuilding and then like eight shows always been in the top three one like two yeah. or three or whatever so um so i haven't competed for about 18 19 months just due to work demands helping other people as you know it's hard it is hard to balance the two uh so this year i'll be competing in about five weeks so we'll see what happens then but ultimately in the industry same amount of time as Corey, four to five years yeah, and I think that, as I've said before, like your, both your achievements to date is one of the reasons why I want to get you guys on. Um, actually, a funny story. Uh, Jace, I may have not told you this, but I met Corey and yourself when I competed earlier on in March. Um, a few years ago, um, I think I saw the start of Corey's journey um, when he was competing and was like, holy shit, that's fucking goals. And to have him now on a podcast with you, like, see yourself... Is, is is awesome and to be part of obviously the complete strength team at the same time is great but having so many guys out there look up to you both in regards to adding tissue i thought we could do a little bit of an episode and kind of delve deep into perhaps some of the do's and don'ts some of the myths um that are out there in the industry that i'm sure you've heard them you've seen them and you've thought yeah for fuck's sake right um, and I think that competing itself becomes so popular. You know, as you mentioned, yeah. you work with so many people. Corey, you just started coaching. Um, I think you just launched your new coaching company, am I right? Yeah, rebranded, isn't it? Yeah, so um, what I think that we could get into is that I think there's a lot of, you know, guys looking out for the quick fix in regards to adding tissue. And, 
kind of knowing that there's no secret to it, I thought that you guys could kind of give your two cents on why there's no quick fix and perhaps instead of thinking, okay, there's a quick fix, you know, jumper on gear or whatever, you know, what should they be focused on instead? So we start at the basics. Jace, what do you think that the guys should be looking for? So I think me and Corey both come from a similar, like people like, how have you progressed so much? I know we both come from a similar full-time rugby background, you know, and when you look at things before gear and stuff like that, you look at, when you look at the background of both, it's, you know, we've been in that setup where we said in lockdown, because we had, we were quite fortunate to train with each other over lockdown. You know, we both essentially needed five or six meals for five six, seven, eight, nine years, you know, so when uh, you look very quickly, you know, that's the underlying fundamental, which is it all comes down to your nutrition. And it sounds very blase, you know, people say, oh, I don't bulk up, you need to eat. And it's a, a case of, no, no, you, you actually need to eat. Because I get guys that say, oh, bro, I'm bulking, and, you know, they send me your food, and I say, you know, even me now, if I, that's why I've got a coach, because if I think I'm eating enough, I always say to guys, if you think you're eating enough, you're probably not eating enough. So there's not a quick fix in terms of, you know, end of the day using any uh, PDs or anything. It's an aid, you know. So the underlying quick fix is always going to be food. And I think the quicker people realize that, like I know for Corey, you know, being with him all over lockdown, you know, prepping meals is not prepping meals. It's literally, I have to do it. It's a way of life. It's not, you know, it's, it's done 24-7 every single day of the year. So once you get into that habit of it, it's just normal, you know. It's like, even if I'm not doing a show, I'm not focusing on losses. And then in my head, naturally, I'm like, oh, I'm going out. I probably need to take three meals with me. I'll get two on the go. But it's always being conscious of, you know, even if I've got no meals and I'm stranded, you know, you go in Tesco, you get a meal deal, you look, oh, I'll get the chicken sandwich, you know, just which has got more protein. So it just becomes a, a way of life and you literally just become subconscious and you just constantly think about food and nutritional value all the time, pretty much. 100%. And do you, I mean, would you say that's the, the number one thing that you see when young guys will first approach you, is that they, are, they aren't eating enough? Or is there something else that they're perhaps missing as well? Uh, well, I, I do say it's uh, not eating enough because I say to a lot of the guys now, I say, all right, it's great. You eat Monday to Friday, then Saturday, you know, the hardest is eating six meals on a Saturday, even for myself now, because you wake up at eight, so you wake up later. Yeah. You know, you go out. So I say, it's great when you're at work and you can eat at the same time every day, you know, Monday to Friday. So I say to a lot of guys, it needs to be in a mindset. It has to be 24-7. It can't be. You know, there's a lot of Monday to Friday people that can, you know, in a surplus that can eat when they're at work at the same time every day because they have to eat. It's eating when you don't have to eat and your hands are tied, you know. When you're out in Ikea with a family, oh, I've got to go grab a meal from the car. So I do think, you know, once a lot of younger guys see that, and you know, it may sound a bit extreme, but be like, I have to eat at all costs. They'll really see a change because I do see a tend of Monday to Friday, people are 100% and then Saturday, Sunday, you know. Sunday, nope. Even now, like, Sunday's just typically a slow day. I don't want to eat six meals, but it just needs a month. I think that's an awesome point, my man. Um, Corey, what would you kind of feel you have to say on, I mean, do you agree with what Jay said? Is there anything else that you feel like perhaps guys out there are missing in regards to gaining your tissue? I think the harsh reality of bodybuilding for a lot of people, and I actually said this to somebody the other day, they are more likely or better off if they're trying to find quick fixes in bodybuilding to become a table tennis player and aim for the Olympic gold medal. <laughs> like, it's, it's not, it's not going to happen. Um, it's, a it's a long game. We've all played both sides of the fields. We've, I know for a fact, me and Jace, I mean, I've been over 130 kilos. I've, I've, dead, I've deadlifted three, 340 for, for fun, like paperweight. And I know that that boy, the Jace moves ridiculous amount of weight. You have to do it day in, day out. You have to get strong and you have to eat like a fucking horse. And if you're not prepared to do that for a long time, honestly, take up table tennis. Or back yeah, and, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I'm very honest and, you know, this is, it's why I'm liked or hate. You have to be, uh, you know, when you want to add tissue, there's a reason I'm doing classic. It's an easier route, you know. When I came <laughs> in for the open, I'll, I'll, I'll shit you not. I used to look at that logbook and say, I need to beat that today. Whereas now where, because I'm making a weight and gaining tissue isn't my driving force. You know, when I'm beat up, you know, some days I say, 
I'm not going to add that 2.5 on today. And I, I'm totally honest about it. When you want to gain tissue, you have to be 110% meticulous with loading the bar each week and not going backwards on your lifts. You know, and when you feel shit, getting yourself psyched up to go again. 100%. Now, I think that that's maybe something that not a lot of listeners will realise is that in the you know division that you're doing or the federation that you're doing, you're trying to hit a weight limit. But I like that you're open and honest about it. Because a lot of guys out there maybe would just lie and say, no, nah, it's all about this, it's all about that. So would you say that, I mean, Jace, has your training changed quite a bit then? Having um, said, right, I, I need to make this weight. Yeah, in terms of, because I am at the top end of weight, but classics just a class I've always wanted to do, you know. And, you know, I'm a businessman. From a business aspect, I'm like, you know, it's the most marketable classes. You know, it's... Is, I run a business, it's going to draw in the most clients because it's the most popular class if you do well. And I've said that to Corey from day one. It's one of the reasons I'm doing it. So, yeah, my training has changed because, you know, there's without a doubt, you know, so some days when I'm beat up, you know, when I was hell-bent on being like uh, 280, 290 pounds, I used to go in the gym and I used to say to Corey and I'd be like, I feel like anything can move today. And I've not had that feeling in a long time just because the mindset I've got now is not, you know, I have, like, if it don't go my way this year, I've got no choice but to move back to open. Uh, and it will be, I have to progress at all costs, you know. Like, now I do legs, I don't take knee wraps, if that makes sense. Because I'm like, if I don't feel like doing seven plates, I'll do six and go for more reps. There was, without a doubt, when I was pushing up, my knee wraps was in there. I had sniffing, so, like, the, the, the ability of, to progress at all costs was great. And I'm, I'm totally honest about that. And, you know, I backed off from that. I'm not you know, I can't remember the last time I've gone on a flat bench before, you know, whereas when I was like, you know, I need to move the most in the gym and that mindset's just changed. And, you know, it's not the easier route, but I'm just like my driving force isn't to add tissue at all costs. And I think when you want to grow, you can't 80% want to add tissue. It's got to be full throttle. I want to add tissue, you know, so in, in that sort of, in that sort I think, of sense. I think though, I think though, Chase, to be honest with you, like knowing knowing your sort of embedded philosophy to training, I think that's a very hard thing for you to do. I mean, I, like I've, I've mixed it with you for a while now. I can, I can see mentally when you, when you're tuning into sets, like I know that you could do more and you know, and it's, and it's not a case of holding yourself back because at the end of the day, you need to get the job done. You need to compete. You need to be a certain weight. And there is a certain level where it, by going that extra 10, 15, 20%, two balls to the wall, you always pull your balls out of the purse anyway, but there's always more. And holding yourself back is, is a hard thing to do, especially when it's in your blood, which it is. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, yeah. although it's an easier route, training's in your blood, mate. Do you know what I mean? And I guess that kind of brings us on to one of the, one of the, the next factors that we really should discuss, which is intensity, right? And I feel that I thought back in the day, three, four years ago, that I trained hard. But I didn't train hard, right? And I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there that, that think the same. Now, you guys actually featured in a, um, a recent video on Instagram. Um, and I think you were training legs. And that, that, that really sort of puts across the message of how, how sort of hard you train. But what I kind of wanted to ask you guys, you know, is that something that you guys have always done from day one? You know, was there a time period uh, where your training was different? Jason, are you training a bit different now? But talk us through, you know, how you've managed to build your physique. What's it taken so that guys out there that, that aspire to, to have that sort of same muscularity can can kind of can kind of do that? Um, I'll be very honest. If you want to be dense, you've just got to get strong. It, it's you've got to be strong. Like there's no doubt about it. Like I don't, you know, and I, I would say a lot of new guys starting out. You have to religiously legs push pull till you die. <laughs> you know, there's you know just the frequency, the recovery capabilities. Like I don't train that method now, but I openly say, you know, when people say, "Oh, how did you get big? How did you get dense?" It's literally doing that day in day out, and literally you just have to, you know, want to progress at all costs. And you know, even if it's not the loads gone up, but the way you perform the execution, like. I mean, I used to sit and think about my training. I used to log with my training and look at it for about 30 minutes and change this and change that and change this and change that till I thought, okay, now this session is good enough. So you're, you just have to be more meticulous with your training than your food. You know, and, you know when you, I, I used to say to a lot of guys, if you're doing leg push pull properly, by day three, you're not going to enjoy training because you're hurt. 
That's a very good point. Very good point. Corey, what about yourself? Has it always been the, the, the way for you? Has it changed much at all? Is it different now like Jess, is it? You know what? I've, I've always been very one-dimensional in my approach and it is a stronger muscle, it's a bigger muscle. Like, no, nothing, nothing will steer me away from that. I, I, do, I do believe that there are variables that need to come into play. Obviously, there are volume. Volume has its place. Um, but that is... That is my religion. Um, I think more than anything. I think I think for for beginners as well. To be to be quite frank, and me and me and Jace worked a lot on this over lockdown, luckily, and it's that um, creating muscle adaptation, going to mechanical failure, knowing how to do so. And when you're talking about push pull legs, progressive overload, one rep, one set, one session at a time, that is the most effective way, I believe, for people coming into the game to train and, and it's and it's because it's simple um all right okay i did 100 kilo bench press last week for six reps this week or this session i'm gonna do seven or eight do you know what i mean over six months what is that 100 k gonna look like it should be looking like a fucking warm-up um <laughs> ideally maybe not for me i mean jay, jay still spanks me about on that a number of exercises that we're not going to talk about but i think <laughs> For creating intensity and putting stress um, on the muscle, I just I just believe you've got to weight it. I think, I mean, we've all heard, oh well, Mr. Olympia doesn't do progressive overload push ball legs. Okay, but you're telling me there wasn't a, there wasn't a time where he did, or there was a time where he wasn't progressively overloading his training sessions. And to be fair, once you get 300 pound plus once you're in a position where you stand on stage 130 kilos lean um there's probably not much more room on the bar anyway so you probably do have to start doing more than 10 reps um do, do you know what i mean yeah so 100 i think that guys can often get indoctrined into oh no i must do you know chest on a monday or i must do this on a tuesday yeah. and whatnot but you guys make such valid points about what it takes to get to a certain point perhaps before your training changes and yeah. that's maybe something that that's missed. You know, I think that there's a lot of buzz in the industry now about what's the best split, right? I, I'm with you guys. It's push pull leg simply because it as as it's legs push pull religiously is boring. That that's that's mm -hmm. all it is. You know, it's not it's boring in the sense of in three days I'm doing the same movement. It's it, it's boring and. People don't want boring. They 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 want they want change. And you know, I've milked you know the same training plan for twelve months at one point. You know, and it's just like it's boring, and people don't like boring. But you know, we're boring characters because we prep our meals six times a day. We do the same thing there, and not everyone has the capability to do that. And 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 that's all it is. You know, you know. So the fact the guys in America are not doing legs for sport, they are. They're just not calling it legs for sport. Ronnie had a back day where he deadlifted off the floor, T-bar road. It's, it's the same principle. It's just reworded different. And in a few years, it'll be remastered, reworded again. And it will just happen. You know, people want to quit bits. I, I know James Hollingshead on the personal standard. He used to go in on a Saturday and deadlift for two hours. Yeah. You know, now he's doing SST in an arm day. Everyone's like, that's what I should do. No, this guy was doing deadlifts for two hours on a Saturday doing pull. You know, before mm -hmm. it's just... You know, things now are just renamed and remastered, and I just think you need to find your groove, what works with you, and do not deteriorate from it. That's a very good point. Colin, would you say that you perhaps maybe see a lot of guys trying to program jump from one to the next, or do you do anything else? I think there's two parts to it. Number one, something that me and Jace do, um, choose movements that you're the weakest at. Um, there, there's, all, there's always... and and potentially, depending on what movements you're looking at, I believe to break the movement down. Um, deadlifting, and this, this may be getting a bit too technical for some of the listeners, but it's really, really simple. A deadlift is broken down, for example, in two parts, from the bottom to your knee, to your knee to the top. Yeah? yeah. What are you the weakest at? Are you weakest at pulling off the floor? Are you the weakest at contracting at the top? So why not break that movement down and think, all right, well, from the weakest, from the knee up, I'll do rack pulls. I'll get that stronger. And, and me, me and me and Jace, I mean, I, I put, what, 40% on my Smith incline press over, over lockdown? When, when we break that down, the, the way we did that, we said, 
let's start doing dips. Let's do yep. weighted dips. You know, so yep. it's about, you know, when you not changing your training, but refining your training. You know, I remember we were like, okay, we need to strong Smith. I was like, all right, do you do weighted dips? He said, no, I said, let's do weighted dips. And <laughs> just things like that. And the, the movement pattern just went up and up and up and up. I, I am the biggest advocate of dumbbell work. I did not touch a single dumbbell over lockdown. There was fucking hundreds of kilos worth there. I didn't touch it, but yet my lifts went up across the board. Why? Because I'd done dumbbells for six to 12 months yeah. religiously. And sometimes your body needs a new stimulus. Simple as that. I, I, hate, I hate Smith Machine Press. But I did it. But I'm strong on that now. The Smith Machine was, is one of, my, there. Smith Machine's one of my go-to movements as well. Um, yeah, I, think, I think it's one of the hardest machines in the gym. It's just overlooked because it's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I would sit on a Smith all day of the week if I could. Yeah. Could you explain to the listeners why you would do that? Um, so I personally think, so someone yesterday was like, why did you do squats on the Smith? I think there's no escape. I just think it locks you in. You know, you can't jerk with your back. You can't move your hip out of place. You're just locked in and it's down, down and up. And I just think the, um, I always get this term, the reward rate, the, the reward ratio, the, the risk to reward ratio, I just feels much safer on a Smith, you know, and ultimately I believe, uh, except on barbell squats, you can load more on a Smith. Because I, I find Smith squats harder than barbell personally. Yeah. Um, I feel if you can load more, you can move more, you're going to recruit more tissue and, you know, build more tissue. But the reason I use the Smith because it's a safer approach and I, I feel it works. You know, if you can't get a 140 bench up, what do you do? You thrust your hips, you know, you twist your elbow. You can't do that because you're literally locked up and down. There's, there's one movement pattern. Absolutely. No, I think that kind of goes over a point you guys both made not too long ago, which was refining movements and adapting them slightly to to suit your individual physique so you know you guys' training might be similar but because of perhaps i don't know if you guys are different heights or different lever lengths you might perhaps just, be a, more, tad. just a tad you might be more suited, tad. <laughs> you might be more suited to say like Corey. I, I saw a video of you I think you were doing safety bar squats the thing is as well the gyms opened in england which was a long Lot, lot earlier than they opened up here, which was yesterday. Yeah. Um, and I saw you doing that, and you were pounding a heck of a amount of weight. Yeah. And making it look very, very easy. Whereas I would probably more favour, like Jay said, the Smith machine, just because I have really shit adductors and groin and not much flexibility in the hip. Corey wasn't a big safety bar squatter before lockdown. No? Did you get him into it? Not even close. He didn't even look at it. And now it's you. It's probably one of your favourite squat movements. <laughs> I my fa- my favourite my favourite leg movement by far. Love it. I I think a lot of listeners are probably wondering who's the strongest out of you guys. Ah, uh, Corey will trump me and pull every day of the week. Yeah, I think. I, th- it's- I think. Yeah, I I would I would say, I would say, Paul Paul would be very close. Legs is very close. I think legs is split, like some movements yeah. and some movements, but push is pull is Corey. Legs is like, I think the hard fundamentals, Corey's much stronger at legs. He's just got no gas, he's got no gas in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't lunge for shit. Yeah. Any, anything, anything A to B, I'm right at. As soon as i got a fucking move, I'm... Born, like yeah. I'd see Corey flagging and I'd be like, okay, safety bar lunges. And he'd just yeah. look at me. Like, I'd see Corey flagging and I'd be like, I'm going to capitalise on this so yeah. hard. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now, to lead us on to our next point, and I think that this is something that I was always going to ask you guys and discuss because it, it has been, it's changed so much over the uh, the years, like you said, Jace, is, is a sort of, there's not an argument, right? But I think there's a camp low volume and camp high volume. And they're like, low volume's like, you guys are doing it wrong. The high volume's like, you guys are doing it wrong. But I kind of just thought, you know, what are your guys' thoughts on both of those training modalities? And, you know, what works for you? Has that changed over the years? I know Jason mentioned your training's a bit more refined now. Um, so talk us through that. Um, if you can. I've sat in both for a long period of time. My favourite is low volume. 
because yeah. I feel it's the best I feel you recover. But I've sat in both. I've sat in high volume now for a long time. They both work, mm. but low volume works at a greater rate, at a quicker rate, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah. You see, I feel like you see the rewards there. No, end of the day, you do single split, right? You do chest on a Monday for a year, 52 times a year. New legs push pull, you've doubled that to 104 times a year. You get better at the more you do something. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's that simple. And, you know, I, I, there's a reason I've sat in both of them. Like, now I do high rep. I'm strong, but nothing's getting stronger. Okay. You know, whereas when I do low when I do low volume, don't get me wrong, there's only there is a percentage of you know you will get to a diminishing returns where you will still get stronger because you can't linear your strength won't go up. You know, your strength might not go up, but the way you do the seventies are better. You know, if that yeah. makes sense. And I, I do still think that comes from um, doing it. You know, the frequency that you're doing it. You know, because the frequency you perform a movement, the the, the Faster rate is going to improve. So I do say they both work, but from trial and testing them, and I mean like not sitting for six weeks, I'm talking six months yeah. to a year and six months to a year, you know, and doing it in an off season and doing it in a prep and both and then being like, all right, you know, when I do high volume in a prep, I get weaker. When I do low volume in a prep, my strength stays a bit better, you know, because the, the, the volume is lower. You know, the amount of movements I'm doing is lower, so I can really tune in and acute. So being a person that's done it for like six to 12 months, I would definitely say they both work, but the rate they work at is great. And, you know, if you're happy plodding along at your rate of gain, by all means, but, you know, it needs a must how fast you want to progress. Absolutely. What about yourself, Corey? What's your thoughts on the low-volume, high-volume approach? Low-volume. <laughs> talk, talk us through why. It, it works. Um, I think. I think for me, like I said, my, my philosophy has always been stronger muscle. Stronger muscle is a bigger muscle. Um, I'll repeat that over and over and over again. I've it, never seen someone squat five plates for small legs. Correct. Yeah. But I've seen um, guys press five hundred kilo for twenty reps, and they've got small legs. <laughs> I. I just, I just believe that. I mean, that's that's my philosophy through and through. It's in my blood. But it's also what I enjoy doing. I think enjoyment breeds adherence. Um, and for me, for me, although bodybuilding and competing is something I would die for because I fucking love doing it, my, my, my enjoyment comes from training. Um, and if I'm not going in the gym and I'm not doing something I enjoy, i.e. getting stronger um, and progressing in that manner, um, then... I, the 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 adherence would eventually fall off. I'd start questioning, and and I ha, and I have done. I've I've done I've done the high volume stuff, and although it's good and it creates a stimulus and it and it does work, it does work. But seeing those numbers coming in week in week out after, like Jay says, a six month stint in a logbook, rep in rep out, coming in and realizing that that warm up is now that um, working set top set is now your warm up. And you can throw it around like paperweight. That for me is where it's at. Yeah, and I completely agree with you guys. But I just wanted to, to see your take on because over the years, like when I knew fuck all, and I, I still probably know fuck all in comparison to how much there is to know. I was doing chest on a Monday. I was doing back on a Tuesday, um, and yeah, it helped me build a little bit of tissue. But mm. when you talk about enjoyment, I think that oh, that's what it all boils down to. And yeah. you both strike me as a couple of nutters that love getting fucking strong. Well, Corey certainly does when I, when I see mm. some of his preset hypes. Uh, 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 is like, I hope the show doesn't go my way so I can just push to the open. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I hope it does go his way so he's, he doesn't go into open class and I don't ever have to stand on stage next to him. <laughs> no, there's, there's, a, there's a feeling like, there's a crazy feeling like, you know, about just being strong and going in and being like, that's going to move today. And, you know, the endorphins and stuff you get from that, I think, from strength training trumps. Like, I always say, I've said to Corey from David, I don't like being in state condition. I don't like the look. Like, for me personally, it's not a man's man. You know, I come from a rugby background where bigger is better and stuff like that. Like, I hate, I do a show, I get lean, I reverse very quickly, and I don't, I don't stay tight because I don't, I don't like the look, you know, and 
I like the feeling of being strong over the aesthetic look. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. Everyone always like, and you'll probably get the, the message, I'm sure you guys get the message on Instagram, that when you be lean, people are messaging being like, whoa, that looks fucking amazing, blah, blah. And you, do you ever just read them and kind of go, now this is fucking shit. It's fucking shit, yeah. <laughs> you, have no, you, have no, you have no idea. No idea. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I, I prefer being. So, like, even if it don't, like, whatever happens this year, I will take a long time out. And, you know, I've said to a few people, I said to my partner this week, I don't know if I will compete again, you know, because it's just, you know, I say this now because I'm dieting probably, but, you know, when you're not, when you're dieting, you just want to be strong. When you're strong, you want to be dieting. And it's just a crazy cycle. You can, I mean, I think that maybe it would be kind of, I know it's a bit off, to, off ta- topic of where we're going to go down, but uh, talk the listeners through about just the, that mental battle, how, I mean, you guys are probably never content with how you look when you're lean, right? And you're probably never content when you're, when you're in your off season. I was actually, said to my partner this morning, said, I feel like I look terrible. Then I went and checked in and then texted her and said, you know what, I feel I look a bit better than I thought this morning. <laughs> yeah, and, and I suppose that's the, the mind games with, you guys have both been above 130 kilos, you mentioned. I was, personally, I've been two kilos away from that and I felt horrendous, right? And just, yeah. in, regards, just in regards to my, how, how swollen my ankles became, how I got out of breath walking up a hill. But um, yeah. talk us, just opposed to talking about prep, talk us through what does it actually feel like? For, for the listeners out there that are just sort of getting into bodybuilding, what does it feel like when you're up at 130 kilos or whatever weight you push up to their max? Talk us through what the reality of that is. I know me and Corey are very similar. So probably about, I was 128 probably about two years ago. Corey was 130 plus two years ago. I know we were both in off season together, training together. We both didn't push up. We both pushed up. I pushed up to 120 and was like, I'm happy here. Mm-hmm. Corey pushed up to about 115 and was like, I'm happy here. So we both pushed up to under 10 kilos of that max just because the feeling is horrendous. You know, we both said, you know, we got to a point where it was like, this is quite a happy spot. Whereas, look, the feeling's not nice, you know. This is first off-season, I've never got a lower back pump, which is horrendous. So um, those sort of side effects is what I'm trying to really dig deep into. Talk, yeah. Talk so like, what, what it feels. Yeah, like, you know, my joints hurt 24-7. You know, I'd walk down the road, my lower back would sweat, which is horrible. You know, uh, and, and just stuff like, I'd caught tired all day, sleep all day. Like, any opportunity, I'd sleep. You know, it just wasn't enjoyable. And then you're constantly thinking about food and, you know, tying your shoes. I remember putting on shoes used to be a ball ache. <laughs> I, um, I remember I, I, was, I was pushing like 132 at one point and I had to go out for a meal. And I was, I was intent of putting these tassel loafers on, right? <laughs> Not a chance in hell. I'm a, I, I, I was going to wear flip-flops. I didn't even bother going. I thought, you know what? I just look like an elephant. And, and, that's, and that's what it gets to. And I think there comes a time where how productive is this push? Um, am, I just, am I just being greedy now? Am I just eating for the fun of it? And, and Jace will say, and it, and it comes down, to, for, for me again, it comes down to performance. Anything can move. That's great. But how much are you getting out of that session? If you can go in, you can squat seven plates. If you can go in, you can deadlift seven plates. You can bench, bench press 200 kilos. Great. Okay. How, how, much are you, how much stress are you putting on those muscles underneath what is actually there? Do you know what I mean? Which is water, a shitload of fat. And again, if you are planning on prepping again, when you are out of shape, really out of shape, it's going to take a long time. And that 130 kilos doesn't look like 130 kilos once you've prepped. Um, okay. So is it really worth doing? Yeah, such a, um, such a good point because this mm. this time around, I had never really pushed above one twenty. I didn't know what it felt like, and when I went to one two, I was just like, you know, I worked, worked with Carl and he had said we'll push you to three hundred, and I was just like, I, I can't eat anymore. As I don't know if you know, I worked with Callum as well. Right. Okay. And uh, I worked with Callum in the year I got my heaviest. And, you know, I, I remember texting one day and was like, mate, I'm on like, if we was on like 1,300 gram of carb. And I was just like, I remember saying, I was just like, mate, this is a lot of food. You know, it's a lot of food. Like, I remember it was like, if I looked at an abyssalian loaf, <laughs> you know, there's, only so much, there's only so much you can eat. So it was actually with Callum where I did that massive push and then 
you know, Callum made me realise, like, to push, you need to be very acute and on the ball, day in. Like, I'd always eaten a lot of food, but it was, like, the hardest thing was me eating a lot on my rest day. And that's what changed a lot. Right. Absolutely. What about yourself, Cody? Yeah, so, for me, um, manage, managing appetite on an off-season... I've I've never I've never really had too much of an issue with it. I'm I'm a I'm a piglet. Like I can I can eat. Um but something that I've realized this year which I've never done before is adjusting the variables slightly, keeping cardio in for example. Um things that digest digestion aids. Do you know what I mean? GDAs make making making the process more productive for yourself. Um those those supports haven't been created by accident they're there for a reason um but you'll notice i mean jace has obviously already said and you'll see it on his on his instagram he doesn't do cardio he's five weeks out that's alien the reason why he's in that position is because we kept cardio in over lockdown he was he was still exercising he pushed foods he trained hard he kept cardio in and now he's in a position where his body's responsive enough so you don't have to do it happy days that is the perfect reality of a prep although he's dragging ass he could be on the stairmaster for two hours a day yeah no it's a hundred percent true and it's just you know you once you become a bit more experienced you get to a point in off season you say what's actually quality weight like you know now i tell the guys if you're 120 and you're performing at 128 why do you want to be 128 yeah. You know, so you get to a point, and you know, when you get a bit older as well, you're like quality of tissue. The quality of the scale weight trumps the scale weight, if that makes sense. Like the yeah. quality at 120, if it's better than 128, I'll never push up to 128 ever again. Yeah, that's, that's such a good point. And I think if we if we didn't discuss the next one, people would be DMing me, and that was a case of that. There's a lot of guys out there that think that the the whole secret answer, the, the holy grail, is just jumping on a bit of gear. And, <laughs> and, and you know, personally, I probably started using them far too early on in my career. Um, you know, that I wasn't even tracking food, wasn't even tracking sort of logbooking, folks on recovery, anything like that. I just thought some guy called Big Davy on this forum said, "Take on eight hundred milligrams of test. That's what you need to take to get big." So I'll do just that. Um, you know, is this something that you do? You think you guys see a lot of that, or is it a case of that the industry? With education, you know, kind of progressing year in year out, do you think there's been a little bit of a like flick of the switch, or do you still do you still see that going on today? I think uh, the forums. I, I say it now. I feel like sites like JPs. Uh, I feel like they need to be encrypted. I, I don't think you should. I don't think you should just be able to get a, to sign up and be able to have access to this information. Okay, that's that's a strong strong opinion. Talk us through that, my man. You know, I. I feel like these sites need to be encrypted because, you know, not for the content that's being put out, but the, the education of the people accessing this site are not looking at this and saying, this guy's been training five years. Yeah. You know, guys are 18 looking at this info, which is amazing info, but they're not being, how does this apply to me? You know, where does this affect me and my journey? You know, I get the, I do Q and A's and, uh, you know, sometimes I ask a great question. Sometimes I don't. And the reason I don't is, if someone asks me a gear question, what's my first cycle? My reply is, what's your food? If they can't tell me their food, I say, learn your food and ask me in three months. You should know your diet off the top of your head before you know your cycle. And, and that's the, I say it to all young guys. If they say, oh, I want to go on cycle, I say, what are you eating? Well, I, I don't know what I'm eating, but I want to know what I want to take. I say, you've got it wrong. You know? Yeah, that, that, that's a solid point, man. What about yourself, Corey? I completely agree. I um, I I start I started taking gear far too early, um, bef- well, before before I yeah pretty close actually. Um, I just got it, I just got it force fed to me. No, I didn't to be fair because I wanted to do it because I was passionate about developing and getting better. Um, old school gym, sawdust, fucking rust, blood, sweat converted fire station it was a shithole um but mr a couple of mr wales competitors are trained in there and um and and great guys looked amazing but i was 15 do you know what i mean yeah. not in a position where i should have even been looking at that i couldn't even train um 
and it's just it, people just overlook the fact and i did because everyone everyone wants a quick fix and at the time you got guy you got guys in the game who were amazing you've seen on in muslim fitness magazines and and you're like well i want to like that by when i go on holiday next summer like what it's, it's not, it's it's not going to happen where you are in your journey ever no <laughs> Honestly, I get a lot from the guys. What's my first cycle? I say, what AI is he going to use? And the, the, you know what the reply is? What's an AI, bro? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you just have no, like, you're in no position to be considering. So I, I just think it's great. There's a lot of info out there. And it's not the people putting the info out. It's the people reading the info are a bit naive and not saying, you know, how does this, how does this apply to me? You know? Yeah. I think, I think, I think there's just, it's very hard for people to see the wood from the trees. And if you, and if you haven't been in the game long enough, the information you're hearing, whether it be, whether it be from Big Dave in the gym, do you know what I mean? Who's got 5,000 D-ball in his bag ready to hand them out, like <laughs> Skittles, or whether, it's, or whether it's on JP's site, are you in a position where you should really be taking that information on? And you guys will know because you've been coaching for a long time but I've noticed more and more in the past couple of months, people coming through, asking questions and pushing it. And I'm like, mate, there is not a chance in hell. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, in a position where I should be off, where I should really, anyone should be. Do you know what I mean? I've got enough experience to myself and, and I'm certainly competent with, on the subject. But, mate, you, you, you don't even know what progressive overload is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do not, do not. Gear should be the last. It should be the last. And I, I, I see okay. a trend. Like I see, I'll be very honest. Like my cycle, I've never used more than uh, nine hundred milligrams of a test ever, <laughs> ever. And I've been one hundred twenty. There is a cool little trend from younger lads now to say, I run a grammar test, and I, I think. I've heard, bro, I run a grammar test and I, I just look and I, I, I'm confused because I feel like there's a trend, you know, it, it's a cool trend and I, it, it's, it's not, yeah, you know, it's yeah. not maximizing the least is probably better, but, you know, and it, it, it baffles me, it baffles me, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you should mention that. I, I spoke to John Meadows a few a few uh, weeks ago and he kind of said that back you know back in his day doses were nowhere near as high as no. they are. i mean of course in the pro league but he says you know some guys in the pro league are taking like two grams a week and i'm just like what but yeah. for like at the time when i first started using them it was a case of i don't even i don't think the someone like jordan's site existed it was just sort yeah. of sort of yeah. muscle muscle form oh, yeah. it was and i think i just took that word as gospel and yeah. when I wanted to come off, so, you know, I had a mate that was like, take these PCT tablets and you'll be fine. I'm like, oh, sweet, bro. Yeah. That's cool. And I was like, yeah. well, you know, can I still have my cheat day? And, you know, <laughs> obviously that kind of just shows how naive I was at the time. But you guys make such valid points. And I've never actually thought of it that way, Jace, when you said that those sites perhaps should be encrypted and the information is really available and it's amazing. But a lot of guys that maybe at the consideration stage because of the abundance of information, maybe perhaps mm. are more than likely to jump at, at that opportunity than hold yeah, back and focus on everything else, right? If you and Corey are accessing it and saying, we're experienced, been in the game five years, all right, this dosage, oh, maybe I'll micro-load this a little bit, or, mm. you know, but, you know the, these young guys are coming out from doing an eight-week course and saying, fuck, I'm going from 300 grammar test, right, let's go 750. You know, I, I, I you know, because I, I'm quite in the loop with the younger guys. I prep a lot of the younger guys. You know, some of the consultations I get, and I'm like, wow. You know, mm. I'm absolutely like, wow. You know, and I know what some of the pros are doing. You know, I've got, I've got a diet from Milosavic, and I've looked at the cycle, and I've emailed back, and I said this to Korea, I emailed back, is this a typo? Mm. You know, and, you know, I, I know the cycles that are being done when people want to turn in, go into the pro room. Yeah. And I know the cycles that are being done by people that shouldn't even be doing cycles. So it's crazy in that regard because it's not a regulated industry. So ultimately, you can do what you want unless you've got a good coach. I would say, you know what, mate, you, 
you're 170 pounds you don't need to a grammar test yeah yeah some some of the some of the consultations that i've had and and client questionnaires that have come back like if you if you're taking anything what are you taking and how much of it and i think what the then what the fuck who who advised you with that where is that going you're better off spending that money hundreds of pounds going on going on gear and you, it doesn't even look like you go to the gym yeah do you know what i mean and 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 i say i say that respectfully because unfortunately like i said the information that is available although it's very very useful for the people that can understand it for the people that don't and again don't prioritize nutrition and training first or don't maximize those variables first it's it's a it's just a shit road yeah going down the gear use in there i don't know where it is where you are in scotland born but you know, me and Corey, essentially, we're from London and Essex. You know, mm. Essex, everyone wants to look good. Like, I say to people that are not in the industry, go into a gym in Essex, 95% of people are using the gear. No, more like, if you've been in Essex or London, like, mm. everyone's using gear. Like, everyone's. Corey, correct me if I'm wrong, because, no. you know, we're in the industry now where people want to look good now. Yeah. 100%. You know, in, in London and Essex, I say to people that I'm not from there, like, you know, when I first went in the gym, I used to be like, no one uses gear. I go in the gym, I look around and say, 95. The guys you don't think are using gear are still using gear. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. People outside, like, a lot of the guys in the industry are from, like, Yorkshire and stuff. But I say, when you come to London and Essex, and, you know, in Essex alone, there's 20, 30 gyms, everyone is using gear. And it's more accessible than you think. And there's more people than you think are actually using and it, it's very shallow it's just because we're in an industry now where everyone wants to look good and tv and stuff don't help you know and it's just so accessible and sites you know if if, if, if i wanted to learn a first cycle now I'll just type in google and i'll start tomorrow <laughs> so, you know when we started it wasn't accessible yeah. you know i had to read a magazine and be like you know how do i do a contest prep all right i eat white fish for 16 weeks in the magazine now everything yeah. you can just look like this yeah yeah that's such a good point i'm not not too sure I would fit in down in like Essex and London. I'm not really the best looker, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, well, I know you would. I know, I know a great t spray tannist. She's brilliant. Yeah. She's fitting like straight away. Superb. Now, I guess that kind of leads us on to one of the sort of final questions or topics of discussion, which would be, you know, you guys have dropped a lot of knowledge bombs, a lot of sort of like raw advice about what guys perhaps, not should, should or shouldn't do, but perhaps should take it into consideration. But, if I could ask you guys both your three top tips. Now, if they're the same, that's fine. But let's start off with Corey first, because, Jace, you tend to go and Corey agrees with you. So I want to put him on the spot here and see if he can come up with it. So three top tips for guys out there who want to add muscle. Corey, what would they be for yourself? And you could be as blunt as you want or as lengthy as you want. Learn how to create mechanical failure. Yeah. That's it. I I think I think learn learn how to train, learn how to take it there. Every session, learn how to tune in, learn how to visualize. I I have I have dreams about lifts. It's fucking it's vile, um, but I do train train training with Jace. If you can't make yourself nervous to train, whatever body part you're training the next day, then you need to you need to question it. And I think I think. I think that's that's the most important thing for me. That is any, every every client I've ever had, every person I've ever spoke to in the gym. My passion comes from training, um, and for me, it's le it's learning how to tune in um, and create as much tension and as much stress as you possibly can on the muscle you're training, whether you're doing high volume or low volume. That'd be number one. Sure. Number two, um, I think learn learn how to diet. Um, they're, they're very simple. It's, it's training and nutrition. Um, but I think learning how to diet, i.e. for your specific goal, read, educate yourself. Do you know what a calorie deficit is? Yeah, mate. I think you make some awesome points. Yes, what about yourself? Uh, mine's going to be a bit different. It's, it's just doing the same over and over. And I, I just finding a formula and, you know, doing the same over and over. And I talk of that like, if you don't... Gonna be very blunt. If you don't like cream of rice, don't fucking eat it because everyone's eating it. Find food that works for you. Find food. My diet 
my diet, Corey will tell you, my only carb source is rice. Why? Rice works for me. I don't care if 50 people on Instagram are doing flavor cream. If you don't like it, don't eat it. You know, find something that works for you, stick with it. Same with gear. My gear yeah. cycle season has not changed. The compounds have not changed because I, I look and I say, this is working. I, 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 I don't change. It's, it's test and bold. I've not used MPP. I've not used any other site. Like, don't change. So find a cycle that works for you. Find food sources that work for you. Find a training plan that works for you and just milk it. You know, it, it, it just, just milk it as long as you can and don't change it and just stick to it. And you will see results. You'll see things come. Because people say, oh, yeah, I've ran this for eight weeks. But I'm going to try this. And I say, why? Why? You've got stronger. You've got bigger. You, why? So it's finding it. And it, it's boring. The, be, being the same is boring. Doing the same day in, day out is boring. But bodybuilding is boring sport. Bodybuilders are boring. I think, you, I think you've got to learn to love the game, haven't you? Yeah. And it's just... Be the same yeah. and just stay consistent with everything you want to you, you want to do. You know, just keep everything the same and stay consistent. Yes, refine it. You know, refine your dosage or refine your training movements, but keep all the fundamentals the same. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I know you guys were, were short for time because of some internet issues up here in Scotland and also down south where where God is. But what I'd like you guys to do is, if, you can, <laughs> if, uh, if the listeners want to check you out after listening to this episode. Um, just if you could drop, say, your Instagram handle or your website where you can get in touch with you, um, that'd be fantastic. So, Jace, we'll start with you. Uh, just find me on Instagram, Jace underscore 345. I don't know why someone said why they got 345 at the end. It's just the username Instagram gave me and I ran with it. No, so, uh, yeah, just uh, give me a follow on there. I'm competing, so check it out. I like to do a lot of Q&As and be very honest and with my approach. So, if you're interested, just give me a follow. Um, and if you drop me a DM and say, oh, I followed you from Vaughn's podcast, I will follow you back. Instagram doesn't bother me that much. <laughs> Super, my man. And Connie, what? So you can find me on Slee Raw. That's my personal page. Or raw.coaching is my uh, is my coaching page. Again, drop me a DM. Any questions off the back of this, off the back of this um, podcast, I'll be more than happy to uh, speak to you in a bit more depth about anything you want to know. Superb, man. A massive thank you uh, from myself and from all the listeners, and I'm sure thank you from all the young guys out there who aspire you know, to look like you guys and are motivated. Um, but I think I could safely say, um, whether it is from Scotland, Essex or London, uh, that from me, myself, from Jace, from Corey, give it a bean.